ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد The new chapter? Bab qawlillahi ta'ala Innama qawluna li shay'in idha aradnahu an naqula lahu kun fayakun The chapter regarding the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the chapter with the heading of the statement of Allah that indeed our statement for anything if we wish it to be is that we say be and it is kun fayakun be and it is inma qawluna li shay'in idha aradnahu jaa at-ta'bir bi dhamir al-jam' this is something we spoke about before and it happens in the Quran often when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions something that only He can do, but it's mentioned in the plural form. We do this or we do that, but it's only Allah. So what was the reason for that? Which means what? What is the purpose of it here? To show greatness, a ta'zim. It is for the purpose of showing greatness and magnificence that the plural pronoun is used as opposed to the singular. So when Allah says, whenever we want something, we say, be and it is. And that is in reference to Allah, of course. The purpose of that ayah in the context of what we were speaking about before is the affirmation of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again because it mentions إِذَا أَرَدَنَاهُ أَنَّقُولَ That we say, that Allah says, كُنْ be فَيَكُونْ And it is. Then you have the hadith where Al-Imam Al-Bukhari mentions قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا شِهَابِ بْنُ عَبَّادِ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا إِبْرَهِيمِ بْنُ حُمَيْدِ عَنْ إِسْمَاعِيلِ عَنْ قَيْسِ عَنْ الْمُغِيرَةِ بْنِ شُعْبَةِ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولَ لَا يَزَالُ مِنْ أُمَّتِي قوم ظاهرين على الناس حتى يأتيهم أمر الله That I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say that there will not cease to be a people from my ummah apparent upon everyone until the command of Allah comes. 
There will not cease to be from my ummah a people that are apparent upon the people, it says, in the literal wording. And that is in reference to all of the narrations that speak about who? Who is the qawm? Al-Ta'ifatul Mansura, Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. That they will not cease to remain until the command of Allah comes. There is another narration that goes with it before the explanation. Qala haddathana al-Humaydi. Qala haddathana al-Walid ibn Muslim. Qala haddathana ibn Jabir. Qala haddathani Umair ibn Hanik. أنه سمع معاوية قال سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول that Muawiyah heard the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم say لا يزال من أمتي أمة قائمة بأمر الله they will not cease to be from my ummah a ummah, meaning a section and a group of that ummah will not cease or there will always be a group from amongst the ummah, a section of the ummah upon the commands of Allah, upon the correct methodology from Allah. مَا يَذُرُّهُمْ Man kathabahum, it will not harm them whomsoever kathabahum declares them to be liars, opposes them, declares them to not be upon the truth. All of those who oppose them, it will not harm them. Ahlu Sunnah will remain and the oppositions of the opposers in whatever form that may be, then it will not harm them. وَلَا مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ Neither those who oppose them will harm them. حَتَّى Until يَأْتِيَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ وَهُمْ عَلَى until the command of Allah comes and they will still be at that point upon that way, upon that truth. فَقَالَ مَالِكِ بْنُ يُخَامِرِ سَمِعْتُ مُعَاذًا يَقُولُ وَهُمْ بِالشَّامِ فَقَالَ مُعَاوِيَا هَذَا مَالِكٌ يَزْعُمُ أَنَّهُ سَمِعَ مُعَاذًا يَقُولُ وَهُمْ بِالشَّامِ the point of these two narrations in particular is something in common between them both, which was the statement, In both of the narrations you see, in the opening one it said, that there will be this group from the ummah apparent upon the people until the command of Allah comes. In the second one again, they will not cease to remain, no one will harm them, those who deny them, those who oppose them, they will cease to remain until the command of Allah comes. So in both narrations, we have the mentioning of the command of Allah coming. 
What is this command? Al-Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen, he says, Al-Muradu bi-amrillahi huna, Al-Amru al-Kawni, meaning the command of Allah in regards to the creational sense. And that is something in essence, basically, meaning that something Allah commands to occur in this world, the decree of Allah, then it will certainly occur. So until that command of Allah comes, and that is in essence referring to the fact, until death comes to them, that there will always be a group upon the truth. There will always be that segment of the ummah upon the correct way, upon the correct methodology, upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah. There will always be. There will never be a situation where Ahlul Sunnah just don't exist on the world. They will always exist in some place, in somewhere. They continue and they will not cease until the hour is established. In some periods throughout history, it may be that Ahlul Sunnah were actually the majority. In some periods throughout history, it may be that this segment of the Ummah upon the truth were actually the majority it could be. And then throughout other times, and more likely than not, then it would be the case that this segment of the Ummah upon the truth are more likely the minority. But that's a principle we've mentioned many times before regarding majority and minority. Majority and minority never dictates in of itself where the truth is. Majority, minority in of itself per se does not dictate where the truth is. It could be that on occasions the truth happens to be amongst the majority, but it's not something which is determined by the majority. And the evidence for that, because this is a problem amongst the people, always the commoners, the juhal, the, the, those who oppose you, one of the arguments they'll always bring against you is that you people, you're nothing, just a small bunch of you. How many do you get in your class? 30, 40, you get 50. Come to our gathering on Friday, we'll have 2,000 in our mosque. 2,000. On a Friday, we collect 50,000, that's standard. On a good day, we'll go 80,000 collection on a Friday. What do you collect on a Friday? You even make it to 500. So the argument they always bring against you is, the masses of the Muslims are with us. The majority are with us. You guys are a minority. A few of you going down to the masjid in Cheetham Hill. You're only a minority. There's a handful of you. Come to our mosque and you'll see how many come to the gathering. The dhikr gathering on a Friday night or a Thursday night. 
Then you'll see. So how do we refute all of that? We already know that it's a false principle they are trying to use. This principle that the majority of the people are with us. You guys are just a minority. How are you going to be right? We're all wrong. So how do you refute that? The evidence is what? Where is the evidence that numbers and majority are not what dictate the truth? There are several evidences, but anything? So there is a hadith. There is a hadith. In that hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, عُرِضَتْ عَلَيَّ الْأُمَمْ He said the past nations were shown to me, presented to me. Those past nations when they were presented to him, it mentions in that, that at one stage a huge nation was shown to him. And he thought that it was his ummah, but it was actually the ummah of Musa alayhi salam. Then he was shown a greater amount and that was this ummah. But then he mentions in that hadith, فَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ وَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ وَلَيْسَ مَعَهُ إِلَّا الرَّهَطِ Rahat in Arabic is a number between 3 and 10. That he saw a prophet from amongst one of the prophets that had been sent at some point in history to call the people to Tawheed, to warn them again shirk, one of the prophets from the prophets in history. He said, I saw him, and he only had the Rahat with him, several, between three and ten followers. That Prophet had been giving da'wah to his nation, or his people, giving da'wah to them all, at the end of all of that da'wah, he died, finished, and there was only ever a handful of people, three to ten, several who ended up following him. So the masses obviously opposed him and rejected him. But then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in that narration, وَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ وَلَيْسَ مَعَهُ إِلَّا الرَّجُلُ وَالرَّجُلَانِ That I saw a Prophet and he didn't have with him except a man or two. The wow in the narration meaning oh. That he had one or two followers only. A prophet from amongst the prophets of the past. Gave da'wah to the people, called them to Tawheed. Only one or two followed him. Everyone else opposed him. Then it mentions at the end, وَرَأَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ وَلَيْسَ مَعَهُ أَحَدٍ I saw a prophet and he didn't have anyone with him. Gave da'wah to the people, gave them da'wah, da'wah, da'wah. Not a single person followed him. So was he wrong and they, the masses, everyone was right? The masses, they, everyone was wrong. That one prophet was right. The other prophet who only had one or two people, 
Were those two or three then wrong and everybody was right? No. Everybody was wrong. And that prophet and the couple with him were right. The other prophet with just a handful with him, they were right. Everyone else was wrong. Even when you look at other general examples, when Nuh was building the ark, when Allah commanded him to build the ark, because of all of the mushrikeen, everything, they had refused the da'wah. So eventually, Nuh was commanded to build the ark. When he was commanded to build the ark, at that time, were there floods, were there waters, was there anything? Nothing. So he was building the ark on dry land, no waters, no flooding, no nothing. So the mushrikun, all of those opposers, they used to see him building the ark and they used to mock him. Mock him and say, what's this? Where's the water? What are you going to do? And so he used to reply telling them, today you're mocking us, but one day the mockery will fall unto you. Many of them opposed him. Huge proportions opposed him. And they didn't accept even his own son, as it mentions in the ayat of the Quran, refused. He didn't accept and the wave came between them and his son was drowned. So numbers is never a proof. Here then, it mentions until the command of Allah comes, that group, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, will remain upon the truth all the way till the end. Until the command of Allah comes, until they are then caused to die. Wal Jama'ah. وَفِي حَدِيثٍ آخر حَتَّى تَقُومَ السَّاعَةِ In another narration it says that they will not cease to remain until the hour is established. Whereas in the one we just saw now, until the command of Allah comes. So how do we combine between these two? إِمَّا أَنْ يُرَادَ بِالسَّاعَةِ أي العامة التي تقوم على جميع الخلائق ويكون معنى قوله حتى تقوم الساعة أي حتى يقرب قيامها وذلك لأن قيام الساعة لا يكون إلا على شرار الخلق فلا تقوم الساعة وفي الأرض من يقول الله الله We know there is another narration that says the actual hour, the day of judgment the hour when it's established, the only people remaining on the earth will be the worst of creation. Until the name of Allah, Allah, Allah is no longer uttered. The worst of the creation, the name of Allah is no longer uttered upon the tongues. That's the people whom the hour is established upon. So then how do we combine between that idea and this now where it says that this group Ahlul Sunnah will remain until the hour also? Does that mean that the hour will be established upon them? If that is the case, what does the other narration mean? That the hour will be established only when the most evil of the people remain. 
scholars have said basically that it would just indicate that Ahlul Sunnah will remain up until very close to the end. Then their souls are taken, they are caused to die, then after that remains only the most evil of people, and then the actual hour is established. وَإِمَّا أَنْ يُرَادْ بِالسَّاعَةِ سَاعَتَهُمْ وَهِيَ مَوْتُهُمْ لِأَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ فَقَدْ قَامَتْ قِيَامَتَهِ It could also mean the intent of the sa'a that until the hour is established they will remain as a relative statement to their own deaths. Because when the death of a person occurs they say the phrase that his judgment has now occurred. His judgment, the establishment of the hour for him has occurred because he's now died and the affairs of the barzakh have begun. So maybe that is also one of the explanations. Then it mentions in the hadith, لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ مَنْ خَذَلَهُمْ That those who belie them, those who deny them, reject them, declare them as liars, those opposers who speak evil of Ahlul Sunnah, those opposers, deviants, who declare Ahlul Sunnah as liars, those opposers who fight against Ahlul Sunnah, all of those, they will not be able to harm Ahlul Sunnah. They will not be able to harm Ahlul Sunnah. وَهَذِهِ بُشْرَى لِهَذِهِ الطَّائِفَةِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى سَيَنْصُرُهَا That is a glad tidings for Ahlul Sunnah that Allah will be in the aid of Ahlul Sunnah. Because we are promised in the revelation no harm will come to Ahlul Sunnah from the opposers. So Allah will be in the aid of Ahlul Sunnah. Victory will be for Ahlul Sunnah. وَأَنَّهُ سَيَكُونُ لَهَا مَنْ يُقَاوِمْ And Allah will be in the support of Ahlul Sunnah. And there will be those who are in the aid of Ahlul Sunnah. And there will be those who oppose Ahlul Sunnah and reject Ahlul Sunnah. Man yuqawim wa yakunu laha man yukathib wa yakunu laha man yukhalif. There will be those who come against Ahlul Sunnah, oppose them, fight against them. Lakin yathbutuna ala ma hum alayh. But Ahlul Sunnah will remain firm upon that which they are upon. Wa yakumuna bi amrillah. And they will remain firm upon the command of Allah. In the first wording of the hadith, it said that Ahlul Sunnah will be zahirina ala nas. That they will be superior upon the people. Ay alina alayhim. That they will be elevated amongst the people. Ahlul Sunnah will be elevated amongst the people, upon the people. 
That could mean elevation of actual authority. And that would be like Al-Khulafa al-Rashidun Hal al-Murad ulu al-Sulta Wa annahum yakununa hum al-Khulafa alayhim Al-Khulafa al-Rashidun in those times Then after their times The leaders and those in authority That they be Ahlul Sunnah Maybe that's the meaning That Ahlul Sunnah will be in elevation and superiority Over the people Could it mean that they will be in authority, actual authority over the people? Or does it mean something more general than that? Amil Murad Ulul Qawl that they will be superior and elevated over the people in their statements. Meaning their position and their following of the Quran and the Sunnah, their stances, their methodology, they will be superior. Upon all of the other people with their misunderstandings, misguidances, deviations, innovations, bid'ah, Ahlul Sunnah will be superior to them. So that would mean in this context, the people will try to misguide Ahlul Sunnah, but that they will remain firm and established. This is the more likely meaning. In the narration when it says, Ahlul Sunnah will be elevated over the people, this is the more likely meaning. That they will be elevated in their statements, in their positions, in their methodology, over the people. People attempt to come and misguide them and place them into innovation. Ahlul Sunnah are above that. Ahlul Sunnah have the evidences, have the knowledge, have the principles. So they are not misguided by the people of deviation. As for the actual physical authority, that may not occur. It may not be that Ahlul Sunnah are in actual physical authority of the lands or the areas. And that is something you see now. It is not necessarily always Ahlul Sunnah in that authority, but the meaning of it in terms of the position and the elevation of Ahlul Sunnah in their stance, then that is more likely in the methodology, in the practicing of the Quran and the Sunnah. Ahlul Sunnah are of course elevated over and above those who are not upon the way of the Sunnah. فَهَذِهِ تَحْتَاجْ إِلَى تَحْرِيرٍ لِأَنَّ الرِّوَايَةْ مُعَاوِيَ لَيْسَ فِيهَا ذِكْرِ الشَّامِ وَلَكِنْ مَالِكًا يَقُولُ عَنْ مُعَاذِ أَنْ إِنَّهُ سَمِعَهُ يَقُولُ وَهُمْ بِالشَّامِ فَيُنْظَرُ هَلْ هَذِي الْكَلِمَ مَوْقُوفَ عَلَى مُعَاذِ أَوْ هِيَ مَرْفُوعَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ i.e. that group of Ahlul Sunnah who will remain elevated up until the establishment of the hour, until their souls are taken, that they are in Sham. Sham being countries like nowadays Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, all of those northern types of areas generally known as Sham. In the narration it says, and they will be in Sham. 
However, that is something which is not mentioned in all of the narrations. It is mentioned here in one of them, but not mentioned in the other. So could it be that this statement was something mentioned by Mu'adh himself? Because it says that it was heard from Mu'adh that they are in Sham. Could that just be a statement of Mu'adh himself? Or is that Mu'adh radiallahu anhu saying that it is from the Prophet who said that? It could be either. And as Shaykh al says, he has not been able to research into the topic. He was not able to research into the topic, uh, time constraints, etc. Whatever reason, he didn't get a chance to research the topic as to whether this word is something from the statement of Mu'adh generally, that they were maybe at that time populating Sham and that area, or if it is a general statement that they will always be in the area of Sham. As Shaykh al says, he's not had the chance to look into that and research into it, which therefore lends itself perfectly and beautifully to become a homework. And that is a proper homework. Anybody who brings a proper answer to that, you have a promise for a prize. That is a proper homework. Anybody who can find an answer to that, then you have a proper prize. Huh? Clues uh, for this type of thing? Even if I could give you, I could give you the books and it would be still impossible to find the answer. Not impossible, but difficult. That's a, a, a something that would require some serious research. Serious level research. And in reality, in honesty, it's only going to be brothers and sisters who understand Arabic. The only way to get that homework done is through the Arabic books. It's not available in English. So if anybody gets to that answer and is able to bring it, then you will be the elevated one next week. Insha'Allah ta'ala. This wording... That those, the, the narrations there, the two narrations talk about Ahlul Sunnah, that they will be elevated over the people, etc., and they will remain up until the Day of Judgment. Then there's one extra word that Mu'adh mentioned. He said, and they are in Sham. And they are in Sham. Is that something, are we to assume he is narrating that from the Prophet Wasallam? Or are we to assume that's just Mu'adh saying that himself? Because then obviously it's a different thing. If that's the statement of Mu'adh himself, or if it is a statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Is it Mawquf upon Mu'adh? Or is it a statement of the Prophet ﷺ? Does it mean therefore if it's a statement of the Prophet ﷺ, that Sham will always have Ahlul Sunnah till the Day of Judgment? Or is it something Mu'adh mentioned maybe at that time, Ahlul Sunnah were in great population in Sham or something. So what is that? Is it a statement of the Prophet ﷺ telling us the area of Sham will always have Ahlul Sunnah till the Day of Judgment? Or is that a statement of the companion Mu'adh himself just saying regarding Sham? So that is the research 
If anybody is able to do that research, we'll do it, inshallah ta'ala. We'll bring an answer and we'll see if anybody is able to do it, inshallah ta'ala. So, after that then, لا يضرهم هل الضرر هذا يعني معاناة أم ألما When it says in the hadith that the opposers will not harm them, is that physical harm or is it just difficulties from them? لا الضرر غير الألم هم قد يتأذون بالتكذيب والمخالفة it doesn't mean necessarily physical harm. It means generally harm. That they will not be harmed. It doesn't mean physically in pain like that, being beaten up. Generally harmed. That there will be opposition from the people of innovation. There will be opposition from the people of deviation. But that they will not be harmed. So here, al-jawab la. الضرر غير الألم هم قد يتأذون بالتكذيب والمخالفة they may well uh, feel or experience the people lying against them and opposing them لكن يصبرون ولا يضرهم but they can be patient and all of the lying against them and the opposing that they face the opposition they face it will not impact upon them, they will not be harmed by it. And they remain upright and firm upon the religion of Allah. The harm would be that they become misguided. People come and pounce upon them with all of their deviation and misguidance and manage to pull them away into misguidance. Ahlu Sunnah, that will not occur upon them. They will remain up until the day of judgment upon the truth. And the people of innovation and deviance and misguidance will not be able to pull them aside into misguidance. And that is something which brings about a great deal of comfort for Ahlu Sunnah. That whatever is occurring and the people they are opposing you and speaking against you, then it does not require Ahlul Sunnah to feel grieved by that. doesn't require Ahlul Sunnah to feel saddened by that. In terms of grief and loss, then it's something we recognize is going to occur. So you deal with it as the situation arises. It may be from your own family members it's occurring. But you recognize that this is something that will occur. And you understand your trust is in Allah. And that you, inshallah ta'ala, remain firm upon that guidance and attempt with your best ability to give that da'wah to your family members, to parents, aunties, uncles. You do your best to give them the da'wah and call them to the truth. But you do not sway away and be taken away. So inshallah ta'ala, ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah, they have that patience. They can handle the opposition of the opposers. They can handle all of the lies that may be said about them. They can handle all of what may be mentioned about them, the criticism of them, all of the abuse that may come towards them. Ahlul Sunnah, they can handle that. They can handle what comes towards them. 
reminds me on one occasion a, an abuse that I received from some of the opposers that we know. And the abuse was, for those who remember, I used to have that American car. So the abuse I got on one occasion was, and it was a, a very cheap car. It wasn't anything expensive, just to let you know. And one of the abuse I got from somebody because it used to look like it was a very expensive car. An abuse I got from somebody, some emails, messages, and what it was, social media. Look at him driving in those luxury cars. <laughs> Look at him driving around in those luxury cars. Little do they know it probably costs less than the one they're driving. Not that it exists anymore. But that was the way that they are. They're going to speak about you. They're going to speak about your family. They're going to speak about anything they can find. Anything they can find. And that is their way. But Ahlu Sunnah don't fall into that type of thing. You don't fall into making false accounts on social media, making hidden accounts, secret accounts, lies in them to go and start attacking and doing this or that. You don't put up uh, unknown statements as you see from people these days. A caller asked the Sheikh X, Y, and Z, and he said this, that, the other. A caller. Who is this caller? No idea. But then it says at the bottom, ask the Sheikh yourself if you don't believe it. All of these kinds of tactics of the people who are in opposition to you, Ahlul Sunnah have no need for it. We have no need for any of that. No need for false accounts, false identities, hiding in social media, doing this, that, the other. That is the way of the masakin. The masakin, they behave in that way. We have no need for those types of things. So we're going to have to round off. It's time for the prayer. We'll carry on next week from the next section, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, I'll try my best to make... What time is it, Isha, next week? Nine? So I'll try my best to be here as close as possible to 8 p.m. Inshallah ta'ala.